You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. Okay, Okay, guys, we are here for the third episode of the Masculine Series. It's already been such a great series. (laughs) And um, today I am really, really excited for this episode. I'm really excited. Really with all caps, really. (laughs) And because we have a very, very special guest. Um, I'm so honored to have him on this podcast I'm so honored that he even said yes Mm -hmm. to be part of this space and a part of just sharing his heart with you men because we love you men and then we love this man so he gets to be on it exactly exactly (laughs) but okay so he is um he has his own podcast I'll say his name in a second just hold on um (laughs) he has his own podcast with his wife called the connected life he is a life consultant he is the author of the tree of life which is an amazing amazing book I would recommend getting the audio reading it is great but the audio is funny (laughs) because of just his voices he's amazing and then he's also also the co-author of From Crappy to Happy mm-hmm. with his wife. He co-wrote that with his wife and he's just amazing. And he's also a comedian yes. at his best because <laughs> I laugh at him all the time. <laughs> so if we could just welcome Mr. Justin Stumbaugh. Whoa, I just came here for the affirmation, really. Thanks so much. <laughs> It was nice to show up. You guys are wonderful, and we'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> and that's <Bye> <laughs> there, There's not a better compliment than you're like a comedian. I'm like, oh, gosh, you got me. What do you want from me? You want money? You can have money, kids. I'll give you whatever you want. Um, that's one of the things I love in marriage the most is like, I didn't need Abby to be funny, which she's progressively gotten so much funnier. Um, oh, that's good. She'll acknowledge that. She'll like, I don't think I was that funny before I was married to you, which I know. Yeah, kind Ownership of rubbed off is on the you. best thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But what I needed was someone who would just laugh at me. Yeah. That's it. Like, mm-hmm. be my audience. Yeah. Let me joke. It doesn't matter how dumb it is. But it's funny because she's like, she'll still even laugh when I do a dad joke. And she was like, ha, ah, but that also that's a dad joke. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> You're getting old, Justin. <laughs> right. I'm creeping right. up to the 40 mark here. Right. Yeah. So hey, it's it's for the laughs though. So you're good. Right. It really exactly. is. It really well, we're is. really glad to have you. I also did want to mention you you have a podcast with your wife now. And I've also yeah. had the, I've told you this before before we started, but I've had the privilege of being coached by Abby, his wife. His wife is just has such an amazing heart. Oh my gosh. She's so mm-hmm. beautiful inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um, but sh- you also had a men's podcast yeah. before the podcast with your wife. Yeah, we had, it was the liberation project. Uh, tagline was a movement for manhood. And it's where we really started digging in, um, trying to explore what masculinity is, what it looks like, what makes a man, a man, what, um, what are the things that are out of balance with masculinity? What does a balanced masculine expression look like? Um, and it was filled with like, <laughs> we had, definitely had people who were offended with us and then just really celebrated us because it was filled with depth and then 
crass man jokes, you know, where we're just like, <laughs> yeah. we sat down to have a conversation with just dudes. And we're like, eh, if anyone else falls in here and starts listening, that isn't this avenue of guy, there right. might be offended. And we're totally okay with that because yeah. we're talking to like the playful side of masculinity that just wants to hang out and just be dudes. And then also go deep and really connect into the emotional space um, that we were designed for that we've, that's been put off to the side. So yeah, it was a fun podcast. We did that for a few years and then transitioned to doing the connected life with Abby, which is universal for everyone. It's interesting too, as a side note, that the liberation project, it became a point where probably half of our audience became women because women kept jumping in and being like flies on the wall. And they're like, oh my yes. gosh, this is so interesting to listen to. And this applies to me because it's just human, like yeah. the conversations you're having. Yeah, well, no, I think that's so good because even during this masculine masculine series, I've recommended women to um, listen to this because we all want to know, you know, like we want to understand the man's mind. As a woman, I know personally right. for me, I want to understand and I want to bring just to be able to have compassion more for men. Um, Because yeah. to be honest with you, like putting together this masculine series, I've had to check my own heart with my be- mm. belief systems with men just because of my experience, mm-hmm. my, our listeners know, but just based off the experience I've had recently in the past two years, you know? Right. And so it's just, and then also we had a feminine series and we had men listen to that because they want to understand women. So this is like truly pivotal and monumental for like both sides to understand each other. And that's truly what we want to create. Like stop the blaming game, stop the shame. Let's all like understand and just bring compassion in because we're all dealing with stuff. Yeah, We're all dealing with pain, even though it might, I know men and women are vastly different. That's why we've done a masculine and feminine series, but it's just, we're, we can all come together and just understand each other and bring more compassion in because we're all going through similarities, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I think that we're, uh, we're having cultural things happen right now that are trying mm-hmm. to eliminate the line between masculinity and femininity for the sake of dealing with pain. Yeah. Like it's kind of like, Oh, the answer to this is just to eliminate the existence of masculinity and femininity and chalk it up to nothing more than a plastic avatar that we put on. Mm. Like that's a good way to put it, yeah. you know? And so to me, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot to speak directly into that conversation, but what I do have to say is like, it's actually, um, more brave to just admit like, Hey, there actually are some, some differences in wiring. And yes, there's cultural ways that we are imparting the message of what masculinity and femininity is. But at the end of the day, there is some core wiring that, that is, that is different. That doesn't make us bad. It actually requires, uh, let me back up and say this. Mm -hmm. I believe that the fullness of God is found in the understanding of the masculine and the feminine nature, because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, God is not necessarily male or female. God is spirit. God is manifest on earth in the masculine feminine expression. Like, so when there's an invitation to do relationship with the opposite sex, to go deep into say covenant relationships, like marriage, there is something where we surrender our right to be right. And we begin to humble ourselves to explore this expression of God in someone else across from me. So it becomes this invitation to humility and to Mm. begin to go like, Oh, here's an expression of God that I never saw over here. And the other person goes, Oh, I never saw this over here. Mm. And that begins to happen. Like 
as we bump into our triggers, our pain from our past, and we begin to get healing for it, we truly find an authentic expression of our masculinity, our femininity yeah. in it, as we're bumping into each other. Bumping into mm -hmm. each other causes a revealing of the pain. A revealing of the pain causes us mm -hmm. to learn something about ourselves. Learning right. something about ourselves gives an ability to reveal something about God as the purity of unrelenting love and unconditional love gets revealed and compassion gets revealed. And so I just think that like, again, instead of just trying to eliminate these altogether, actually embracing like, Hey, there's, there's beauty to be found. And there may be a pain process that we have to walk yeah, through to absolutely. find out something about ourselves and something about this other person, but it's not just teaching me about me. It's teaching me something about the creator, uh, that, that wove me together in my mother's womb. So. Oh, that's so good. So that I was going to have him share his heart, but I think he just did. Yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. Absolutely. I love how you put that, Justin. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so basically what this part of the episode, the focus is we, we really just want to talk about that father wound because yeah, the, just like mothers are to their little girl, it's like to women, like my mother taught me so much about femininity the good yeah. and the bad parts, mm -hmm. right? So for a man, for a little boy growing up, his father um, teaches him so much about what does masculinity look like? And it did, you know, our childhood or child brain can't really um, comprehend like, is it bad or good? It's just what, what is being shown to me? What is the energy? What is the emotions? Yeah. And so that's what we really want to, I was going to actually call this the fatherless wound, but I feel like it's more like, let's, I wanted to, I didn't want to just be that specific because we all have that wound, whether yeah. there was a lack of a father, because people like boys have, I've dated men who have had their fathers, but still had felt that abandonment. Right. Even though yeah. their father still lived in the home. You, you yeah. understand what I'm saying? So I really wanted to just break it down more of like that. You just want to say something? Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say to start off, like, I just want to know, like, go deeper. If you go deeper into like what role a father does play like in a man's life. Well, I think one of the things that I want to briefly kind of give kind of bumpers to, you yeah. know, to kind of like guide the conversation is kind of exploring you know, just a little bit about what, what is masculinity? And yeah. mm -hmm. one of the conversations that we try to tackle inside of it, like our foundational conversation when we did the liberation project was looking at the idea that we, there was two extremisms that were painted um, for what masculinity was. We saw that culturally there was this dominant aggressive male that would run over people and just eradicate them and mm -hmm. impose his will on everyone and kind of control people and be hardened and aggressive and kind of have the attitude of suck it up, get over it, boy. Yeah. Um, and so you had that ugly expression, which in some ways culture refers to that as toxic masculinity that, and, and even that word toxic masculinity, I have a problem with because it's veered into just eliminating any type of strength inside of men. Any, any show of strength or power seems to be demonized inside of it. Um, again, we, yeah. as, we as human beings want to create black and white scenarios, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So either completely evil or you're completely good and you're either completely right or you're completely wrong and there's no nuance, right? There's no balance. And so we were pendulum swingers as human beings. So if we get yeah. hurt by something, we want to create a direct opposite to it. And that direct opposite um, as a reaction versus a response creates morphs a whole other set of 
problems. So there's that, there's that side of the coin. And then there's the other extremism from reactionary stuff, which is this limp-wristed, emasculated male um, that is very effeminate. And I mean that in not, not an attack on femininity when I mean that, but it means like, oh, I've killed anything that could feel like it's masculine in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. I am only driven by emotions. I am not, I don't have the capacity to step in and, and manage myself any longer. And again, that could sound like I'm saying that's what women are. I'm not saying that's what women are, but it's like, they, they want to find a divorce from masculinity and they're going like, okay, how do I adopt feminine and femininity? And they oftentimes pick out ugly expressions of femininity, like extremisms of femininity in order to be like, okay, this is who I am. Again, I'm generalizing. We can't have this conversation without acknowledging that there's generalizations inside of it. Mm -hmm, But the, mm -hmm. the thing is, is that there's these two extremisms that try to polarize each other. And our conversation is what would it look like if there's a man who's actually connected to his emotions, where he's connected to compassion and care and understanding, right? Like he's connected to a heart that's, that's wanting to investigate and get tender, like be able to tenderize himself and be like, Oh, I I can cry with you Mm -hmm. and I can empathize with you. And I, and I can hold you. I can nurture. I can actually express this beauty of nurture, which is a very strong feminine expression that I love. And it's actually meant to be, as we learn from femininity, it should be something that we get called back to that nurture nature. And we go, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is, this is meant to be a part of my expression. And with that expression comes a man that is willing to protect his family. He's willing to fight for his family. He's willing to die for his family, for the people that he loves. He's willing to lay down his life. He's willing to sacrifice. He's willing to do the hard things. Like if, if there's a situation where there's a, there's going to be a fallout and a problem, like a grenade, that man is going, Hey, part of my role as a man is to throw myself on a grenade for the well-being of other people to that. That doesn't mean that I don't matter. That doesn't mean that my pain doesn't matter. It means I'm willing to take the first infliction of that pain that may go right past me to other people as well. But I'm at least going to risk. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to face my fear on behalf of the people around me that, and, and with that, when, when there's that protective nature with the kind nurture nature, women and children around a man like that go, they, they feel this sense of safety. They feel the sense of connection and care inside of that. Um, they feel a sense of peace. They feel like they can be their messiest expression, knowing that like, Hey, there's someone holding down the fort, mm-hmm. being able to withstand the waves of pain, um, uh, frustration, um, mm-hmm. battles that life has to bring. Like, oh, I know that this man, like mass- manhood to me versus boyhood, boys live in fear and allow fear to drive their life. Masculinity yes. says, I'm going to face my fear head on, no matter what it costs me. It doesn't mean I'm going to do everything right. It doesn't mean I'm not going to have to fail forward in this process, but there's a grit that starts happening inside of a man that transitioning for a, from a boy to a man. We get this grit inside of us where we deliberately face difficult circumstances. We don't tap out. It doesn't mean we do, we do it all perfectly, but we're like, no, I'm willing to face that fear head on. It will give me it, my, my courage to do it. My courage of facing my fear, I will lend to the people around me and they'll go, Oh, he's leading the way in the way that he exemplifies his life. 
and I have peace knowing that he, he's present inside of this space. Mm. So now I can go fail forward. So now I can go face my wounds inside of me because my dad, my um, boyfriend, he's the one that's willing to do it first and foremost. He's not controlling us. Mm-hmm. His leadership is based in, I am leading by example. Example. Oh, that's so good. So I know that was a lot. <laughs> no, that was so good. I, I was holding back tears, honestly. I'm <laughs> like, I feel like even is... through that, I gained so much clarity on men now. Yeah. Just, like, that short little conversation. Well, yeah. And also like just having that as a woman, just knowing that you have that safety and that consistency mm-hmm. that no yeah. matter what, like, I know you're going to be there. Even right. if we fail, even if we're messy, even if all of our bad and our ugly, whatever it may be, all of Absolutely. our shit is out. Yeah. And yep. we're just going after it together. And I yep. think that's true partnership. That's true relationship. And that's and, just with anybody. And as we're leading into the, the father conversation, mm-hmm. I want to say this. Um, I want to define leadership and, yes, and, 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 and the way it plays a role. Um, because the word leadership has a lot of messy connection to it just as much as like fathering has a lot of messiness and masculinity has a lot of messiness attached to it. So when I look at the word leadership, I think for a lot of people, leadership has meant control and domination. Mm -hmm. This is what you're going to do. I know best. You have to do this. I'm going to dominate you and run you over. And um, to me, that's, that, that's not uh, a healthy expression of leadership and it's not Mm -hmm. a healthy expression of masculine leadership at all. Um, I believe that men were designed to lead. And so that that's a trigger sentence in itself, right? It because is, it is, yeah. That that sentence says, oh, that means you're above me. Like, so the idea is hierarchy. Like mm-hmm. leadership comes with a sense of hierarchy, but kingdom, godly leadership has no hierarchy. So exactly. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, when you look at God. Um, from a Christian perspective, right? You have this sense of like, there is no hierarchy between father, son, and Holy spirit in this triune being of God. There is a face-to-face relationship where no one's above anyone else. And God reaches out to humanity in the same way. It's a peer-to-peer intimate connection face-to-face. It says, Hey, I am bringing you into an intimate connection with me. I am not putting myself above you though. I'm King of Kings, Lord of Lords, this concept of Jesus. Um, he's not saying that I am dominating you. He's saying, I'm inviting you into an intimate relationship to begin to navigate relationally your life and how that goes. And so to me, right, when we get into the, the most healed, pure form of leadership, it is this thing where a man steps up and says, oh, I realize that I'll actually thrive if I'm leading the way in vulnerability in the way of, um, transparency in the way of facing my fear in the way of like um investigation i'm like for me leadership even with my wife i'm i'm the leader in the household if i choose to take that role if i don't she'll always be frustrated because i'll 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 veer into passivity my masculinity will veer into like i don't know what do you want how do you want to do this right uh, i'm waiting for you to be happy so that so that i'll be happy and she's like this yeah. feels out of control you're not showing yeah. up to this <laughs> And so a man actually thrives when he goes, okay, so leadership means I'm going to deal with my shit. Mm-hmm. This is about Amen. Me digging into my soul, yeah. facing my insecurities, facing my historical pain. It's not about me trying to control my wife. It's about me going like, Hey babe, I'm going to, 
I'm going to model something from you and I'm going to model humility and humility. Even in that is like, babe, I want to hear your input. What's your wisdom into this? It's, it's me taking my strength, my words to breathe life into the person across from me and say like, Hey, you were designed with so many great things inside of you. You are all these things. And I need what you have. Bring it to me, bring this to the table. You are an equal. And so we're leading the way in reminding the person across from us, you are an equal. We are in partnership, discovering life together, discovering our spirituality together, discovering our pain together, healing together. And so to me, a father, uh, a husband, a boyfriend, all of that, we are just simply leading the way in managing our own souls first and foremost, and letting that be an example and an invitation into relationship. It's not, Hey, this is what you need to do. It's, Hey, we're extending a million invitations, sweetie. What's happening there for you. Hey, I would like to know what's going on inside of you. Hey, I would like to share what's going on inside of me. Hey, I'm feeling scared today. Hey, I'm feeling inadequate today. Let me share with you. I'm going to lead the way in having articulating what's going on inside so that you can go, oh, we have permission here to articulate mm-hmm. like that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. But because men have, um, uh, because we've been sold the lie mm. that we are not emotional beings, Yes. we have veered into domination leadership because we're not actually leading from a heart posture. We're he- he- leading from like, uh, a cultural rule based, like, oh, this is what you do. You just dominate people and tell them what to do and control them rather than a heart based culture is a relationship based culture, which means there's will that is yeah. inside of that. And there's a respecter of another person. There's a respecter of their will and their choice. And there is only invitation to relationship rather than demands. So getting on that page, talking about the father wound as we move forward. I love that. I love how you brought that up because that's exactly what we're trying to do here in this space. Break all those, like denounce all those narratives that has been held over you as a man that Mm -hmm. has been held over you. That honestly has just been keeping you hostage from your true masculinity, the way God created men to be, you know? So that's what we're doing here. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank you, Justin. Yeah. And I find that a lot of men, this will all bleed into the father wound and having conversations around it. But I find that men, when my observation, let me put it like this, everything is, everything I have to say, isn't the full truth. At the end of the day, it's my personal observations of what I've investigated in, 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 in my own personal life, in my consulting space. Right. But part of my observation is that masculinity operates out of a high level of performance. So it's like, we have to fix things. We have to fix life. We're here to be doers, not beers, like not just being present with ourselves. It's just like, oh, there's a problem. We were designed, the the belief is we're designed to fix it. So Mm -hmm. when there's something that comes to the table that we don't understand and we don't have tools for, and we don't know how to fix, there's an inadequacy that hits an under undercurrent of an unconscious shame that says, man, I feel so effing stupid sitting across from my son right now or my family right now when they're having emotions because I don't have the framework to know how to deal with it. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at my son and I'm going to say, you know, suck it up, kid, get over it. 
quit being like that, quit acting that way, quit being a girl. So now I've even demonized emotions because I feel so inadequate on how to talk about them that I've actually demonized emotions and equipped them with being something negative, like being a woman, which being a woman is beautiful and powerful. Yeah. And there's so much to learn. It's women, women invite us back to our original design, which was relational design, which was intimacy design, which was a vulnerability design. These are designs that God designed masculinity for in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And we, in our disconnection from love veered towards performance wow. versus relationship women, it, they may have disconnected from their creator, but they still found themselves back at relationship. Right. And oftentimes feel tormented by their relationship with masculinity because they're tied yeah. into masculinity as their source versus their creator as their source, but they still veered towards relationship. Men went off the rails and said, I don't need relationship whatsoever. And I don't understand it. And I'm going to demonize it. So when you fast forward, you have all these well-intentioned men that are like, I'm just trying to help my sons get better. But but I'm not acknowledging that I'm scared that this doesn't make sense to me. And I can't look my son in the face and be like, kiddo, you're crying right now. And I don't understand what to do with that. I feel scared of that. Dad doesn't know how to navigate that. He doesn't have the tools for that. Let's go investigate with mom. Cause mom yeah. is a bit, has a little bit more connection to her emotions. Let's find out like what she's doing over there in that arena as well. Um, that just feels shameful to a lot of men. So fast forwarding that, in the father wound and the idea is that we were all designed to be deeply affected by our fathers, our fathers and our mothers, both. Mm -hmm, yeah. Both of these authority figures are supposed to reflect the nature of God, the mothering nature, the fathering nature of God. There's a place inside of us that are waiting to have this reflection lead us back to the, our creation, like back to our creator and stuff like that. And so we have these open spots that say, Oh, I just know that I love you and I want to hear how you feel about me. I have this space inside of me where you can really affect me yeah. and your approval or disapproval of me um, can write, uh, write the story of my identity. And throughout our journey, we have to adjust the um, how much authority we give over to our parents, but we give it right. over. They're, they're helping us to develop and find God and find our value and our place in society. So there's this big space inside of us as a kid. And so when you have a parent, specifically speaking of fathers that don't know how to meet us face to face, that don't know how to express the relational aspect, the connection aspect to get into, be able to say, I love you, your emotions matter. And you have this strength inside of you, kiddo. I'm, they don't know how to hold the duality, the balance of both the emotional and the logical together. What happens is a kid feels unseen, mm -hmm. unheard, unknown. They feel abandoned and disconnected. Like you're not here with me. You may be physically here. Right. You may be giving me directions on how to like logically take care of stuff. But the thing inside of me, the pain inside of me that needs to met, be met emotion to emotion, it's not happening. So the lie that I'm feeling inside is that I'm abandoned. I'm alone. Yes. You don't yeah. care about me. Now, fathers, I have historically fathers who come into my office because I've met with over 4,000 clients in my one-on-one -on -one consulting. And fathers are like, how can my child believe that I didn't care about them? I worked 80 hour weeks I, there was blood, sweat, and tears that went into making sure that there was food on the table, that my kids didn't starve, that they had things that they wanted. 
And they're like, I am feeling so dismissed inside of this. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong to feel that way because their expression of care that they knew how to express was that of acts of service and performance. And however, and however, they just didn't have the insight, the map to the aspect of humanity because they were told it's not wired into men, mm-hmm. right? And they especially didn't, so they said, oh, it's not in me to do that. And it's not in my sons, especially. My, my daughters don't really understand. Hopefully mo- the mother will take care of that, <laughs> right? Um, and so they're sitting there going, I don't know that there's actually a map to something that's inherently wired into our humanity that's necessary because if that's not met as well because you can't just have a father show up and and meet you emotion to emotion and then he just disappears in all the other ways of protecting Mm -hmm. he's passive in all the other ways a kid's gonna feel abandoned there in the sense of like i didn't feel like my dad protected me he like sat there and cried with me or he let me cry on his shoulder and he held me and i felt safe in that moment but the shit kept going on inside of our family. It kept going yeah. on externally outside of us. He didn't put his foot down and show up in his strength. And mm-hmm. so right now people are fighting for one side of that coin, which is like, Hey, I have pain because I didn't felt met emotion to emotion. Mm-hmm. So now all I want is emotion to emotion, but there's another pain that's going to come up because again, there's truth and tension. Both sides of these coins have to be in balance there's this other pain of like, yeah, but my dad then didn't protect any of us. So what? He cried with me. And so we're having to help fathers understand that you didn't fail your family. You just didn't have the tools and you're not bad for having to learn it later on in life. Mm -hmm. And the, and the fallout of that, of what you're cleaning up with your kids is, isn't again, that you're evil. It's that there's just saying, Hey, there was this component that was missed out on. Yeah, I yeah. actually needed a nurturer, tender moments where dad got down with me and said, Hey kiddo, your knees really scraped and you're a lot, of, a lot of pain. I see that buddy. I love you. I'm so sorry that I get it. It's painful. And the kids, yeah, you're right. They made fun of you at school, kiddo. I'm so sorry. That's really painful. I love you. I see you. Yeah. I know what our creator says about you. Let's dialogue about that. I'm going to hold you for a minute. And then we're going to talk about how we're going to face those things and find grit as we face Mm -hmm. those things in life, because they're not going to stop happening. And we're going to find ways to grieve and we're going to find ways to connect through it. And we're going to find ways to overcome and we're going to find all sides of it, you know? And so people, if you, sorry, I'm, I'm just sharing. No, I love it. I, you're on a roll. So I didn't really want to stop you, but what I'm, what I'm hearing and you please correct me if I'm wrong, but it's really about having that loving tender father who's connected and integrated in his emotions and masculinity and pouring that overflowing that over onto his son and just speaking identity over his son it's kind of like what god does to us am i you know hearing you right (laughs) yeah absolutely it's it's this expression you know i think about if we talk about the the essence of if, if we go back to the idea of god and when we think about jesus jesus was known as a lion and the lamb Mm-hmm. Uh, that's vastly different thing. Yes. <laughs> two vastly different things that coexisted. Yeah. This, this tender man who would sit in the presence of women that were having an intimate moment with him where they needed to, you know, we think about a moment like the alabaster box. She's sitting and she's broken open her alabaster box and she's pouring out this perfume that's very valuable. And she's, she's, she's cleaning his feet with her hair and she's just, she's with him like, 
this intimacy. And he's so tenderly with that, even when people confront it and they're like, dude, what, what the heck's going on? And he's like, you need to back off. <laughs> Cause I'm yeah. going to be in this tender moment. And, and it talks about this moment where Jesus weeps. It just says Jesus oh, yeah. wept when Lazarus dies, even though he has a solution, he has a mm-hmm. solution for the situation, but he wept with them in their pain. And, and you have the lion who comes into a temple and says, well, this is straight up bullshit. What's going on here. <laughs> yes. And not only do I have a problem with this, but I took the, the, the time I took enough time to fashion a whip. Like I, I sat down and was like, I am deliberately creating something and I'm about to go in and I'm about to start whipping people with a whip. I'm about to go nuts <laughs> on people. A table is going to get kicked over. This guy who is the face of compassion, he is utterly compassion, kicks violently. Righteous violence comes out of him. He kicks over a table and says, this is not okay. Yay. I'm not going to have this inside of this space. Right. And so even the people that were present with him were like, here's a guy who will cry with us. And here's a guy who will stand up and die for us. Yes, protect this is a, us. This is a radical expression of balanced masculinity. And so mm-hmm. when I think about it, I think like, to me, that has always been my example. Like when I'm asking, what is a man? I don't know. What did Jesus do? And I'm not, and that's not a religious statement. Like what did Jesus right. do? It's <laughs> exactly just follow Jesus. It was like, no, there is a, there is a powerful expression of facing fears, mm-hmm. sacrificial behavior, and not being a doormat, all in one, wrapped up in this nature of him. And it says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, you've seen your creator. This is the father who is like radically compassionate and also like will fight against unrighteousness that destroys his creation because he, he radically loves his creation, right? So I think about the idea of, of earthly dads and kids that didn't get this and they don't realize that like most people don't realize there's an inherent wiring Mm -hmm. for us to need these things because everything here on earth is a model of heaven yeah right it's a model of it's supposed to be an invitation to understand heaven's model of relationship relational connecting um and emotional connection like we are both logic and emotions and they're both gifts that are supposed to be in perfect tension with each other and help us to navigate life and so we see this this expression that's wired into us and if we don't get this expression of vulnerability and emotional attunement and stuff what happens is is subconsciously even if we believe we didn't need it Mm -hmm. but it's wired into the condition of our humanity pain starts happening because it's like this, there's a spot that was designed for this earthly dad to model a heavenly father and it's not being taken care of. It's not being fulfilled inside of it. And so there's this extensive pain that starts to drive our lives. There's this thing inside of us. We as human beings are wired to try and find our identity. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah. and, 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 and if we don't have a father there mm-hmm. to point us back to the, 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 our spiritual father's creator creation, to point us back to like, oh, he designed you in this way. I'm just here to mirror as best as possible to somehow reflect the love of our creator. If that's not there, we're going, okay, where do I get my identity from? And so I have kids consistently being like, dad, do you love me? I don't know if my dad ever loved me, which they're really saying, am I valuable? Is there an, tell me about my identity. Is there worth inherently inside of me? You have the power inside of me to dictate that, to kind of speak into that. 
And again, we give too much power over to earthly dads who are not necessarily capable of it, but it's not wrong that we have that. It's how do I adjust and deal with that? Because right now I'm searching for an answer and I'm going to search through it through performing really hard inside of a job, inside of sports. I'm going to search for it through maybe getting a validation from all the girls I have sex with. Like, and this is another thing that happens. Men, when they cannot get their identity from their dad, they look to it for from their mom. And unconsciously, they become bitter and resentful towards their mothers. So be like, my mom was everything to me. She was there for me. Okay. So if you respect your mom so much, why is it that you're sexually going through one woman after another without mm-hmm. regard for their souls? If you have so much regard for femininity, right. it's because you're still trying to get a woman to tell, to give you something that they weren't designed to give you, which was an affirmation of your masculine design. There's nothing more powerful than when a father looks at a son and says, kiddo, you are such a good young man. You are a powerful young man. You were, you were made right. I love the way that you were made. Like you were designed perfectly in God's image. And I want to validate that and let you know that I approve of it. I approve of your expression. And it's very different from mine. Your likes, your dislikes are so different than mine, but inherently you're as a human and as a, as a boy, you were made so right on it. And I want to discover your expression of masculinity in the nuances of your likes and your dislikes and why you like them. Right. Right. A father, if a father had the capacity to look at a son, um, I think about this as a kid, um, I was called a faggot a lot because of earrings that I wore because I had emotional tendencies and that was very painful. It was like, well, we're not going to call you a woman. We're going to call you this thing that we've deemed unacceptable, which is a man liking another man and in a sexual manner, in a romantic manner. And that was a very, very painful thing inside of that to have men reject me inside of that way. And especially because of the creative things that I liked. And I think about this, my dad never did that. My dad was good in those ways, but what happens when masculinity looks at a boy and says, oh, you're emotional. I love that about you. You were designed right that way. And I want to connect to you over those emotions. And you're, you're creative in the way that you love clothing. That's so cool. That doesn't make you broken and effeminate. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you gay. It's not that gay men love this. It's that men who are just men loved it. And a lot of times they were called gay because they had an expression of creativity that they wanted to express. And their fathers didn't know how to relate to them. So what happens when you have a father that goes, you're uniquely different than me and mm-hmm. you came from me. And I want to explore these nuances of these things. And I want to deem them as a beautiful expression of your masculinity and right. What that does is that gives a, that creates a confidence. Like even if people don't have faith in God, like they don't actually believe in say a, a Christian God and, and, and they don't even believe in any God, maybe they're an atheist, mm-hmm. but still at the end of the day, it speaks to their identity And they sit there and they go, oh, you've written something over me and you have the power to because there's a space inside of me. Mm -hmm. And you say that I'm worthy of love and I can love this expression of me. And I'm going to begin to love me in that same way. And it creates stability. And going back to, um, sorry, I veered off it a little bit, but like, even the feminine, yeah, the feminine exchange, all of a sudden 
men who are affirmed by their fathers aren't oftentimes lost in porn addictions Mm -hmm. because men who are in porn addictions, one aspect, one aspect is that again, there's a feminine hatred there. There's, I don't, I'm trying to take something from you. I'm trying to affirm something inside of me. I'm trying to please something inside of me, but I can't quite get to that. And I'm not actually, I've dehumanized you. I'm not thinking about your humanity anymore. I've, I've gone into this place of dehumanization inside of that. And once you have actually a dad that you feel the affirmation from a father that sees you, you feel like you're more than enough. You don't have to take from femininity. Yeah. You don't have to be resentful about what it can't do for you. You, you humanize it and you're like, oh man your life matters. I don't need something from you. I don't need you to make me feel better about myself. You can be messy. You can be emotional. You cannot show up in all these ways, whatever. I'm not here to steal from you. I'm here to give back to you because I'm already my ego strength inside of me. My truth about my identity is so strong. I'm so loved myself. I so know that I am loved that I'm able to give myself away instead of take. I don't know where that was going. So mm, No, I, I think that needed to be said. And I was like getting teary. I don't know if you saw me. I just feel like I'm like just so captivated by your words. I'm like, oh my gosh, that all makes sense. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Well, like, because oh. I think there brings a whole lot of like, I think there just brings like a whole lot of like compassion on that side. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> okay. She's like looking at me like I'm crazy. No, oh. but I think. Because like I I know so many so many men who have done that and seen the mm-hmm. lack of a father and then they go to their mother and then there's also a lack there. And then mm-hmm. through that it takes so much like they do without even realizing like you hate women. Like mm-hmm. and I think I've even experienced that in my past relationship. I'm like, wow, you hate me. Like mm-hmm. you genuinely hate me and you're taking away part of my humanity and I think like you saying that of course like there's anger that comes up like valid justified anger and I feel you know valid in that because God has validated that but also because like but also there's compassion that comes in I'm like wow like if you just if you just knew the love of like a father in your life and he was like there then Mm. like it wouldn't have happened that way you know I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know what. No, sweetie, I, I love what you're sharing. Yeah. Is there, I mean, I'm given space. Is there anything else you had to say? Or? It's just because like, you're always, it sucks. I mean, I don't want to say it sucks, but there's a part, there's that inner critic in me um, that says it sucks. I know women feel the same way, but you're always going to hope out for them, like just for healing for them and in their heart, because yeah. you saw the best of them um yeah you're just always gonna hope that there's healing yeah but I like what Justin was saying earlier like you can only give like your earthly parents so much credit for that like you Mm -hmm. you have to have a different source of that affirmation from God right so it's like even you know he did have or some people do have two very maybe not great examples of masculinity or femininity in their life but at some point they have to make that decision, that choice for themselves and being like, okay, well, I couldn't get it from them. So I, I, I need to turn to God and get it from him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And there is, um, sorry, we're going to say something else. No, 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 you're good. Go ahead. 
there's this there's this thing inside of us because like you know obviously that wound goes both ways obviously Mm -hmm. there's there's mothers that have been you know really painful towards men Mm -hmm. and um women who have done things that like men turn into vilifying women women turn into vilifying men we yeah. we, wa- we always want to find a villain for our pain because if we yep. can find a villain to blame for our pain then we can create distance from that villain and hopefully our pain goes away is the right. unconscious concept and we can solve our problem like oh if if men are a problem or women are a problem then we can you know hate them get rid of them uh diminish their humanity right um and then i get to feel better and really at the end of the day, one of the things that you're like sharing is you're, you're like, oh, I have pain here and I have compassion. And that's really at the end of the day, we as human beings don't really know how to hold that truth intention of like acknowledging pain and having compassion for someone else. Mm-hmm. It's like, I either am valid or you're valid, but those can't, those two can't coexist. Right. right? And so I love that you have the capacity to even acknowledge like, oh yeah, and then I could feel compassion too at the same time, seeing these circumstances that happen there for them. Um, I think that it's an interesting thing because the mother wound is something that's not really talked about. It is very strong, mm-hmm. right? But the father wound dominates most situations with good reason because of the power that a father has. Like I watch women that their entire lives, they will, they will, uh, try to appease man, they will uh, have a litany of sexual partners themselves as well, yeah. trying to get the resolution inside of their soul, which is like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm loved, right? I'm chosen, right? Like, I need your masculinity to validate my femininity. And um, because they had the breakdown with their father, and they're just trying to resolve it over and over again, what do I need to do mm-hmm. to get this solidified inside of me? And so my point is, is that the father wound is something that's very real, it's very impactful. It will unconsciously drive people for years in jobs and careers they never wanted to be in. Mm, that's good. Mm, running from careers that they were actually designed for. Mm-hmm. Because by doing it, it may uh, validate that their father was right, that they should go into it and they had pain with them. So they avoided it when it was really inside of them. So it was a reaction to not be in it. Or as a reaction to be in it and be like, oh, I'm going to win your approval because you said I should be a lawyer. So I'll live the rest of my life working to be the best lawyer ever. And so um, I think a lot of people aren't honest about what drives them because they don't know how to deal with it. Right. Right. Like the minute that I acknowledge like, hey, maybe, maybe my father and the lack of him or the way that he expressed himself did drive a lot of stuff. Well, it, when I acknowledge that, then I have to go on a, on a, on a restoration process. I have to, I have to begin my healing journey. I have to be present with my pain and that may hurt in a way that the ache is at the surface for a suspended, uh, an extensive amount of time without me having the tools to know how to do, deal with it. The unfortunate thing though, is that if we're not willing to do that, we just replicate our own history. We pass it on generationally and we just keep making the same mistakes, the same, the the things that we're not willing to face inside of ourselves will be the the sins that we perpetuate onto other people. Yeah. So we're sitting there angry at our dads that, you know, they, they didn't show up in certain ways. So angry that we we're living in denial about it. We won't even acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm right? so glad you said that because i was just about to ask them like well what like some men don't even 
realize how mad they are at their dad. Right. But it, it's bleeding into their life. It's bleeding out into Absolutely. their actions. So what if like some guys don't even know, oh, no, no, yeah, my dad wasn't there, but it, no, 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 it's fine. Like I, I've been through it. Like have that denial stage. Like they're yeah. quote unquote taking ownership, but it's like, you can tell like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Where, where you almost like, even if they go to the extent of like, yeah, I already looked at that and kind of dealt with that and they're yes. still acting out. And so, you know, I've, I've lovingly asked guys uh, like, all right, well, if you've dealt with it, then, then does that just make you an asshole? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Because <laughs> you're destroying a lot of people's hearts. Right. So does that mean that you're just an asshole? Because I don't think that means you're just an asshole. I think what it means is you're lying to yourself about actually dealing with it or your thought of what dealing with it wasn't actually dealing with it. You didn't yeah. actually resolve yeah. it. You maybe were like, yeah, I hate my dad. I dealt with it by cutting him out of my life. Well, the repair work didn't happen because right. you're still reactive. The, 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 we know when we've actually dealt with an authority wound, a childhood wound, mother or father, we'll know that we've dealt with it when we manifest more compassion in kindness and mm -hmm. tenderness and empathy and mm -hmm. understanding in our life because we've gotten connected to our own pain in a way that we've gone through processes of forgiveness and grief. Part of grieving is not only an acknowledgement of pain and feeling the pain, but it's also the forgiveness component. And so my point is, is that what we'll find is that um, if we've truly looked at something and dealt with it, we'll start manifesting like these, 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 this expression, this what I call a kingdom expression, expression yeah. of God's expression. It'll, it'll come out of healing will come that kindness, care, patience, and gentleness and understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love how you said that. Um, is there anything that you've like noticed, like from your own story with your father? I know we haven't really like brought that up yet, but like, yeah. were there, were there father wounds that you had and oh, yeah. how did that journey come about? Like, what was it like realizing it and acknowledging that? And then what was it like? Was it the repair within yourself or was there also repair within yeah. your father and the relationship? That's a great question. Yeah. So my dad was um, very much emotionally disconnected inside of our home. Context for that, when you understand, is when I was three years old. Uh, their son died there. They had a, they had a baby boy due to malpractice child was birthed, died. I think nine days later, it was all malpractice. It could have been prevented. Um, and it was so during sorry. a time. Thanks. Yeah. And it was during a time where, you know, um, counseling wasn't a, uh, wasn't a standard and there wasn't anyone around to counsel. So, and we grew up in a town of 4,000 people in the middle of nowhere in Montana. So it wasn't like there was a cultural standard of, of that. So really he was expected to sweep that under the carpet. And that was where my dad's joy began to die. The pain was overly consuming him inside of that. Now, we don't know that till years later, till investigation processes happen. But what happens is his dad slowly starts disconnecting from mom. Mom continually starts having more and more negative emotions. Her pain's not being dealt with. Mm -hmm. It starts escalating the, the, the severity of the pain and the wounds inside of the family. And so what I watch is a dad that his coping mechanism is to escape the household by working a whole lot. And, um, and he also now is shut off towards emotions, especially. So I don't get, I don't know who my dad is. My dad is there. 
but I don't know him mm-hmm. because it's not like there's conversations happening about what he likes, what he dislikes, what he feels about stuff. There's a, there's not communication. It's he's surviving one more day of pain, trying to just provide for the family and get through life and get mm-hmm. through the marriage that feels very dysfunctional. Yeah. And as it progresses, he's so busy inside of his work. He's getting lost in this thing that he can control. The message, the accusational, the internal accusational message that's sent inside of me, the voice of accusation says, dad doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. Um, uh, you're, you're a drain on him financially. You're a drain on his time. Because like when I would try to attempt to connect to him, it would be like, hey, I'm too busy for that. I can't do that right now, kiddo. I'd love to. Or when he did make space for me, my mom would freak out and be like, I don't ever get time with you. I need time with you. So the message was like, I am very unimportant. So these are accusational messages that we interpret inside of ourselves. It may not be the truth of someone's heart. Right. And in a kid brain, we can't logic. We don't have the informational logic like, Oh yeah, this guy lost a kid. He's just surviving every day. He doesn't know how to connect to his own pain. He can't connect. So we, the story becomes about us. And that's oftentimes a father wound is an interpretation of someone else's actions that's uh, self-inflicted, um, uh, a, a self-inflicted, um, what is the word, like tearing down judgment, a self-inflicted judgment, mm-hmm. maybe is the way to put it. So we begin to judge ourselves because we go, it can't be that my dad is in pain. I can't logic that as a kid. My dad must be good. Everything's fine with them the, the way I'm interpreting this world is it must be me. That's effed up. Something's wrong with me. Yeah. Something's wrong with me. And that is, that is across the board. The message people get in the father wound is something is inherently wrong with me. Yeah. And so what I came out of that relationship with long-term was this pain in the way that I related to men in general, I was like, men, they don't want to listen to me. They don't want to hear what I have to say. They don't want to spend time with me. So I felt like an outsider amongst other men masculinity felt like it didn't want anything to do with me. That was a, that was my message. So I had to go on a heart journey of beginning to redefine and say, Hey, actually dad's problems. They never had to do with me. It wasn't about, I wasn't enough. It wasn't that I wasn't good enough or smart enough, or like I couldn't have been uh, lovable enough for him to choose me. Like this wasn't about whether or not he was choosing me. He couldn't choose himself. He couldn't choose to heal. Like he didn't know how to choose through his process. He was in survival. And so I had to begin to rewrite that code. I needed to, I needed to acknowledge like, oh no. Cause I remember I hated my dad and, and my mom, one, this is one of the things that women do. That is one of the most terrible things that a woman can ever do to masculinity. And so women who are listening, tune in, who are especially mothers. My mom spoke poorly of my dad. Your dad doesn't care. Your dad is just like this. He, and, and what she was saying is there's a part of you that is inherently designed wrong because you are, you were born from your father. Your father is in ways, you're an extension of your father in ways. And Mm. as far as your DNA and stuff like that. And so all it piled on was, I'm, I'm, I'm bad as a man. Men are bad. Like, yeah. Her pain with masculinity was like, all men are bad. Don't be like your dad. All the, and, and women do this across the board. It wasn't just my household. I, I have oh, yeah. so many men who come to my office and they hear how women just tore down their fathers. They didn't, they didn't respect the father. Like my mom didn't need to process her pain with my dad with me. <laughs> That's true. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. She didn't need to 
create a comparative situation of how he was doing bad. She could have instilled like, Hey kiddo, a great value in life is to understand emotions and to look inside and let me have that. She could have said that without demeaning my father, but she did in her pain demean him. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what it does is it perpetuates, like I not only hated my dad. So I was like, I hate him. He causes all this pain to mom. I'm friends with mom. And she created a bond with me. And a lot of moms will create a bond with their children an unhealthy in emotionally incestuous bond, which is like, Hey, you know, I'm, I have a disconnect with my primary attachment, which is supposed to be my spouse. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to attach to my child and we're going to have a bond and we're going to have camaraderie here and we're going to hate what they do together. And you're going to team up because you're going to feel chosen Mm -hmm. inside of that as a kid. So that perpetuated a lack of compassion for my father and understanding for where he was trying to show up. My mom could have worked that through differently and what it did do and I find this. I'm, I'm going to say this. It's going to be controversial. It'll probably bite me in the ass later on. No, go ahead, pull it do out. it. <laughs> but there's a lot of men that will veer into homosexuality, and I've watched it when they process. They actually divorce themselves from masculinity and said, "I'm better off being effeminate in my nature," and yet I still want to get back to masculinity. And my only way that society is telling me that I can do it is through a romantic relationship with a man, rather than acknowledge that I have pain with my father and that I decided to hate my own masculinity because my mom said that my dad was the villain inside of the story that caused her all of this pain. Mm -hmm. that it didn't have anything to do with her. And so a lot of times little boys have identified, I'm not saying this is across the board. I'm not saying this for everyone. I'm saying there's a segment of an expression that happens inside of this space. And so I've seen men have an enormous shift. I I have someone in my mind, even right now, where he Mm -hmm. dealt with that feminine wound that was projected from his mom and the places he felt rejected from his dad. And he went from a very effeminate expression to a very powerful masculine expression and not just putting on some persona. It was like, he settled inside of himself as, as, as I loved on him and other men loved on him. He was like, Oh, I'm a man. I'm loved by men. And and my masculinity isn't evil. And I wasn't born evil inherently inside of me. And it wasn't masculinity that destroyed my mom. It was two dysfunctional people who weren't willing to face their fears inside of themselves and vilified each other and lashed out at each other that perpetuated their pain. This wasn't an issue of masculinity and femininity being one of the two of them being evil. And one of the, one of them being righteous. Mm -hmm. It was humanity's messiness bleeding into it. And I've wrongly accused my masculinity inside of this. Mm -hmm. And um, so what happened for me to kind of like wrap this up is I had to start saying, actually, my masculinity isn't evil. And masculinity mm-hmm. in its purest form and it's in its healthy expression, because I think that we see these, these ugly scenarios I talked about earlier about masculinity, what it is and isn't in my perspective, yeah. mm-hmm. we call these expressions masculine. I'm like, that's not masculinity. Masculinity has an expression of the lamb, the nurture yeah. nature mm-hmm. inside of it, the compassion and the care, as much as the strength and the protective nature that it's not tame. It's not tame. It's not passive but it also is nurturing and caring. Right. And Mm -hmm. so inside of myself, I began to redefine that masculinity and say like, actually, this is who I am. And these, these vulnerable and emotional parts inside of me are really a powerful expression of my masculinity. Mm -hmm. And um, I began to accept 
myself. Like the repair work happened through me choosing to forgive me, mm. love me, accept the way that I was inherently designed. I was designed as a boy. I am a boy. I am a man. I was, God created me that way. That is beautiful. I am not going to reject that because of my mom's pain inside of this. I'm going to accept that. And I'm going to accept that it was my dad's pain that caused him to disconnect from her. It was his inability to know how to deal with that pain. It was his fear at facing a bunch of stuff inside of him. He, his masculinity is not the villain in this story. Fear is the villain. Self-hatred yeah. is a villain. Yeah. Self-judgment is a villain inside of this story, not the human being, mm -mm. right? And so along the way, it began this process of, I had to accept like, hey, my dad may never change. It did though, send me into my early days of having really difficult discussions that honestly, at times I was very unregulated when I communicated stuff, I blew up and I cussed him out and yeah. I don't, I don't know that I had the capacity to do it any different. Yeah, no, that's um, normal though. And, oh. and I had to also bring repair to my messiness of my healing process to it right. and own me as right. well on the, like there was, there was, there was steps. There was a journey of like, Hey, I have to be honest about my pain and it doesn't come out always super great. And you're not responding super great to me trying to tell you, you're still dismissing it. You're still telling me the phrase crime, uh, build me a bridge, cry me a river and get over it. He was like yeah. still doing shit like that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, fuck you. You right. know, like, how can you tell me that? Like I'm angry and I'm livid right now. And I like, as I started working with my heavenly father and being like, my dad might not be able to do this. Papa God, do you see me? Mm -hmm. Do you see my pain? Do my emotions matter to you? Do you understand yeah. me? Yep. And, and I could hear that. And I was like, oh, my creator understands me and sees it. All right, I'm going to be seen and I'm going to be taken care of. And if my earthly father can't, all the more so to have compassion for him because he's missing not only... A, a deeper connection with me, but he's missing the deeper connection with himself and missing the beautiful design that the, that our creator created him for like a, a, a vibrant full life. He's missing that. And my heart went into grief for him in the things that he couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And I stopped feeling like I had a big deficit. Now, along the way, there was things that happened where my dad was like, I remember one moment um, in my third, was it early thirties, maybe where we were having a blowout. I was screaming and he was a calm down. And I was like, I was so triggered. I was in an emotional flashback. I couldn't turn yeah, it off. And I'm like, I can't yeah. turn this off. I can't turn I'm And in my logic brain, I'm sitting back there being like, stop. Mm -hmm. And my emotions are running the show and I'm sob crying and he comes over. And for the first time, he just wraps his arms around me and just holds me. And I just sob into his chest. Oh my God. And I'm just sitting there sobbing. And he's like, I love you. Yeah. I'm here with you. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry that I didn't know how to do it. I'm like, and he just starts apologizing and I'm weeping in his arms. And for probably the next 25 minutes, I'm just sob crying into his chest as an adult man. And right. that was a miraculous gift I was given. I can't promise that other people yeah. will get that, but it came at a cost. Yeah. It came at me being honest with myself. It came, it came with me facing my own uh, pain and facing my own fears. It came with me having really hard discussions that melted down and they were so scary. And I'm like, I may lose my dad in the middle of this altogether, but I don't even know if I even have him the way that we're living our life. It came with me being willing to clean up all the messes that I might make along the way yep. and having to face the shame that I might feel for the messes that I make expressing myself. Yeah. But I was like, I, 
a restored relationship with him and a restored relationship with myself is worth whatever price I'm going to have to pay in this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to pay this price. He may not be, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but I will heal because I will find my heavenly father's voice in the middle of this. Because even if my dad walks away saying, I don't ever want to talk to you again, that's going to hurt, mm. but it's going to be resolved because a heavenly papa is going to be like, but I love you kiddo. Yeah. And your dad, he's in too much pain. He doesn't know how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And grace is going to overtake you. And, 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 and all of a sudden I have, a, I have a friend who talks about this. He stopped setting landmines for his, fa- his father. Mm, that's that's good. good oh which was these uh, these these expectations of his dad to be something that he didn't know how to be and may never be able to be exactly. and so he kept yeah. finding that he was creating these landmines and every time his dad stepped on it, it blew everyone up like it mm-hmm. blew up his heart it blew up his dad he he blew up at his father he was like maybe in the midst of me having conversations, I can also let them off the hook. Mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to why I'm going to say this. I don't usually, you know, have conversations like this, but that's why f- faith in a relationship yeah. with an unrelenting, loving creator, mm-hmm. not just any creator, an unrelenting, loving creator that seeks to find you is so vital to the full expression of being vibrantly alive inside of our humanity. It's so vital Mm -hmm. to that because all of a sudden, because people at the end of the day, and I'm sorry, I'll say this and wrap it up, but people at the end of the day, any love that they have the capacity to reflect is just that them reflecting an aspect of the creator's love that they have the capacity, again, the capacity for. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about it, there's only so much capacity that people have in their humanity to reflect the fullness of a radical, unconditionally loving, unrelentingly loving creator. Mm -hmm. And so we have to let people off the hook as we begin to go, oh, the truth is, is like, that's about the capacity that my dad has to reflect. If I want to know the fullness of that story that I'm longing for, I'm going to have to go directly to the source Mm -hmm. and sit down and find out face to face who are you? What is your love? How vast is it? And what does that mean for me and how you relate to me? Mm -hmm. So that to me was vital in me finding healing for my father wound. Not only could I forgive him, I could forgive me. I could let him off the hook. I could let me off the hook. I could have grace. I could have compassion and my pain can matter as much as his pain can matter. And that's eventually where I landed. It took me a while to get there. Right. That's so good. But I love how you express that journey for you. And just going back to that redemptive part of your story with your father in that moment, because triggers really are just a gift and how it brings you that emotional flashback. It brought you back to that little boy who just really needed that. Like you're just crying out. Your little boy was just crying Mm -hmm. out and wanted to be heard. And the fact that it kind of like puts you back in time in the physical. And then your father came to you and just, loved on you and yeah. just held you gave you that affirmation that you were seeking you know yeah. from your whole childhood yeah and that at the end of the day was a cherry on top right yeah. like, right mm-hmm. right i got to eat the whole cake along the way which was me finding my own healing outside yeah. of it and like it's an extra added bonus like wow mm-hmm. and i got that i may yeah. not other people here's the other thing there may be people whose fathers are dead right now 
and they yeah. go, I'll never, I'll never get that. There may be people whose fathers are alive, but they're in jail or they're so estranged that that person is never going to show back up in their life. In fact, that person has literally said, I effing hate you. You're a waste of my time. I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. And they've written an aggressively painful story like that. And to those who are listening, what I'm saying is still not unattainable. Mm -hmm. There are fathering moments from masculine figures that actually want to find their way to you. That might be one moment. That might be a month. That might be a season. Someone's in your life. That may be an entire life that someone else comes in, not mm -hmm. as, uh, not to be your dad, but mm -hmm. to be an expression of fathering. Yeah. And so it's like moments I've had with uh, Paul Young, the author of The Shack, who is yeah. a, what I call maybe a spiritual father in my life and a close mm -hmm. friend, but I didn't need, I don't need him involved daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have these many moments of fathering expression where he would hold me in his arms and I would just sob cry in his arms and that he would validate a pain that I'm in and be safe inside of that. And I'm like, I didn't need a thousand moments. I need to let this one that's right here in front of me land. And every yeah. time I get a moment of love, it's not passing over the top of me saying, I don't deserve this. It's saying, I never got this and I'm not victimizing myself over it. Now I am getting it. How do I allow it to go to the little boy inside in his history and let him feel the warmth of this nurture, of this understanding, of this investment now that he didn't know how to feel back then. And so I became someone who was a magnet for fathering moments and allowing them to happen and allowing myself to actually absorb them, not just breeze past them. And so for people who are listening right now, like you can, you can feel fathered even by my story. You can listen yeah. to this, the kindness mm -hmm. and be like, I'm going to let the, the, the picture of a father that he started to paint. Like I haven't even painted the full picture of masculinity and fathering that I have in my head, but I'm just going to even let the concept hit me and be like, Oh, maybe that's possible. Yeah. What would that feel like? I'm going to let that, I'm going to let the idea of nurturing dad that just sat with me and listened to my pain and put his arm around me, hit me. Just the thought of that begin to father my heart and heal something inside of me that it exists, that it's not just an idea, but it exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so good. And even like, just by that, what you just said of like, let my story father you. And like, I mean, the listeners who are listening, like his voice is, has such a fatherly tone. Yeah. Like it's such a tender, <laughs> just, um, just like very loving voice. Like you can even hear it while you're speaking. I think that's why we're just so captivated. Cause I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, everything mm -hmm. that you're saying it's just an expression of integration in masculinity in your emotions the way god created you to be so it's it's very beautiful and so i i know you've been speaking over them but can you just do like just to end this out just to close this out mm -hmm. could you just do like a prayer for that little boy who has that father wound or who feels so lonely um with where they're at and just kind of just wants to be seen in that moment do you mind Brain. Yeah, I love that. Um, first off, I'm going to speak to you, you know, especially to men, you know, as you're listening to this and some of this is resonating, like, oh, I, I think I might've needed something for my dad that he didn't know how to give. I want you to say, kiddo, I'm so sorry. Now on behalf of your dad, I want to say, I'm so sorry that I didn't know how to get into your world. I'm sorry that I didn't know how to investigate and ask questions. I'm sorry for places where 
I was violent and not in a good way. It wasn't a protector coming out that I ruined healthy, righteous violence. I ruined the idea that someone is supposed to protect you because I actually took it out on your innocence. I took it out on your mother's innocence. I'm so sorry that I wasn't in a safe place. I'm so sorry that I was passive and disconnected and, and I wouldn't stand up and protect you. I wouldn't challenge your mom. I wouldn't challenge the people outside of our family. Like I didn't know how to do it. I am so sorry for the places where you needed something that I didn't know how to give. And I didn't know how to investigate to find out how to meet you. Will you please forgive me for being shut down? Will you please forgive me for being hardened? Will you please forgive me for an unhealthy expression of aggression that felt like it dominated you? It shut you down when you were dying inside for me to say, what's happening kiddo. Instead, I just said, shut up, get over it. It's not that big of a deal. Hey, you can just fix this. I'm so sorry for every solution I threw at you. When I just went to logic and I started throwing solutions at you and all you heard was your emotions don't matter, that your heart doesn't matter, that your life doesn't matter. Kiddo, I'm so sorry. You needed me to just be present, to put down my beer, to put down the, the TV remote to put down the video game. You needed me to put down my work that I brought home. You needed me to put down my cell phone. You needed me to put down my agenda. You needed me to put down my plan for the day, for the year, for our lifetime. You needed me to stop. You needed me to pause. You needed me to be there in a singular moment with you. There are times where I simply failed at being with you. I failed at knowing how to look you in the face and tell you, this is who you are. In fact, I used words at times to humiliate you. I called you a failure. I told you you weren't enough. I told you you were an idiot. I told you you were stupid. Oh my gosh. I weaponized words against you. When my words were meant to build you up, they tore you down in my anger, in my pain, in my sadness, in my confusion, in the places that I felt like a failure inside of myself. I projected my own judgment onto you. I beat up your heart, kiddo. I dismissed your heart. I neglected your heart. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you've dealt with it for years with the fallout of how I related to you in your relationships and the way that you relate to your own children, that there's a fallout because of the way that I dealt with you and I didn't know how to do any better. And now you don't know how to do any better in some areas and you're feeling like a failure and you feel like you're just replicating the process. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm so sorry. I haven't known how to say I love you. I'm so sorry that I didn't know how to meet you. I'm so sorry that you had to protect yourself from me. That you had to protect your siblings from me. That you had to protect your mom from me. That you had to guard the dreams of your heart because I would tear them down. I would make fun of them. I would scoff at you. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that I had such a limitation in my reflection of the heavenly father's love that I don't know it, that I have so far to go in understanding it. And I'm sorry for, for the repercussions of that sweet kiddo. I give you permission to find your innocence again and give you permission to find love in the ways that you actually get affected by it, to find it showing up in healthy relationships, to be receptive of healthy love that is kind, that is tender, that is compassionate, that is understanding that you, I give you permission to find out how to receive it. Mm 
how to exchange it, to not have to be trapped under the burden that I created, that my dad created, that his dad created, mm -hmm. that abandonment in our family line created. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry that anger has been my go-to and it's been scary. I'm sorry that being emotionless has been my go-to and it's been so scary. You matter. Mm -hmm. Right now, Papa God, would you just begin to write a story in your son's heart that they matter? that there's room for their pain to be seen, that there's, that there's solutions, that there's restoration for their pain in their heart, that there's forgiveness for them, for the dads that are listening that have participated in these ways. And they're like, oh man, I botched it hardcore. There is forgiveness for you. There is redemption for you. There is restoration for you, for you and your kids. There is healing. I release healing over your lives. I declare that there is a healing coming inside of your entire family lines. The generations to come will be affected by you hearing this message and allowing God to come love you radically and allowing him to repair and to forgive and to heal. God, would you just begin to give your kiddos tools that they would both feel a restoration of their childlike innocence and a healing of the kid within, and then a strength that overtakes them, that they would actually step into masculine expression that they never knew how to do, that they would get eyes to see like, oh, this is what it looks like to be a man and to be powerful. And these are healthy expressions to lead and to love. Mm -hmm. So God, I just thank you that you're going beyond everything I've said, mm -hmm. and you're going into the deeper places of your kiddos' hearts, and you're doing something that I can't do far beyond the things that I can fix through my words and that there's grace. Let there be grace that hits every person that's listening to this, like a grace to heal, a grace to love, a grace to forgive, a grace to understand, a grace for compassion. Mm. And I say that no one, no one who's listening is too far gone, mm. either as a dad or as a kid who's just made so many messes because of that pain. And God, eliminate the villains and people's stories. Yeah. That there be an understanding of the common humanity that we all share, that we all have the capacity for the same mess. Mm -hmm. Given the right circumstances, we all have that capacity. And that we could live acknowledging our pain in a blame-free environment where all of a sudden it's like, I can acknowledge that it happened with my dad, but I'm not going to sit leaving him to be the villain for the story but I'm going to look honestly at the ways that it did affect me. So God, let your love really reign supreme. The same love that repaired so much inside of me, let that love be the thing that does its work as people listen to this. Mm. Amen. I'm telling you, like, I feel like my heart, it's not beating fast, but it's like this just constant, like, don't like really because like I'm just like, yes, like a steadiness because like those words, like I just mm. know that, as human beings who have imperfect human beings as parents, like we can all, we all can resonate with that prayer, with the story yeah. mm -hmm. and apply it to our lives. Yeah. Because I know that every single person at some point in their life has probably had a father or a mother wound in some shape or form, you know? So just mm -hmm. being able to hear you speak over everybody and just affirm your, like affirm yourself too. And like the story that you've been through, it's just, I feel like my heart's just like, oh, I needed that too, you know? Mm -hmm. So Justin, I, I know that Alexis and I both appreciate you saying, 
thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Saying yes, coming on here, sharing your wisdom, mm-hmm. like, and just like the outpour of love and passion and compassion that you have for people is honestly just remarkable. Yeah. Well, you're so welcome. <laughs> thank you for trusting me with this space. You two are so sweet and wonderful. I, <laughs> thank I'm you. really like, oh, you're just so kind and like, there's so much care and love in your guys' eyes. Like, I'm like, oh. Thank you for letting me participate. Of course. Of course. And like, um, quick question. I might edit this. When yeah. does Pathway to Freedom start? So Pathway to Freedom, our current course, uh, is uh begins September 15th, is okay. when it begins. And right now uh it's um open enrollment is happening on Justin and Abby. That's Justin and ABI.com. And you can find mm-hmm. the pathway to freedom, mm-hmm. which uh the pathway to freedom helps people connect with the things that, well, basically their triggers. What are our emotions trying to tell us? Like we mm-hmm. have big emotional responses or a lack of emotional response. Like it, it, our emotions are actually wanting to heal us. They're wanting to mm-hmm. be a roadmap to bring us back to like what's going on inside so that we can actually do the repair that needs to be done so that we can live vibrant lives. Yeah. And that's for both men and women. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, In that one, uh, uh, Abby and her best friend, Pizzi created that, Mm -hmm. but, um, but like it happens to be two women leading it, but it was universal for everyone. In fact, Pizzi's husband, Johnny edited it and he got a radical healing in the process um, of just editing it and thinking about the content and seeing it over and over again. And he's an entirely different human being by going through the pathway to freedom. Yeah. So, and when does enrollment, um, end like sign up end? When's the cutoff? Yeah. It, it sign up is, or at the end of enrollments, like September 14th. And All right, guys, September go 14th. sign yes. up for pathway to freedom. And then also other ways that you can get connected to Justin and Abby Stumball is, um, through their podcast, the connected life, please go listen to that because it's mm-hmm. amazing. And then also, um, they do a, another program once a year living fully alive. Uh-huh. And that <laughs> signups for that begin in, um, like October, November. In that, in that, uh, that's a three month pro 14 week program. And that runs January through March. Yeah. Yeah. And if you just want to know, well, what do I do next? Like, I feel so inspired by this episode. Like I want to get connected. I want to start that journey. That would be a great step for you. Even you just listening to this episode, listening to this series is mm-hmm. a great step. And I'm so, so proud of you. And thank you for listening. And Justin, thank you for coming on just thank you we're so 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 honored thank you you bet love you both (laughs) love love you (laughs) all righty oh yeah we have to say our bye yeah we always say bye 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 bye